you are now tuned in to the Alright Talk Show with me, your host, Shane Trainer, where we talk all things business, health, money, mindset, and everything in between. So crank up the volume, sit back and relax, and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Alright Talk Show. I'd like to welcome Ryan Taylor, who's my good friend from RMT Property. I've personally seen Ryan grow over the past year from taking the leap of faith, quitting his full-time job and getting stuck in the world of property development. Ryan, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Thank you for inviting me. Pleasure's mine, mate. So just from the top, how I ask all my guests at the start of the episode, tell us a bit about yourself and uh, yeah, your property journey. Why, why property? Why are you in it? Yeah. So um, I'm Ryan Taylor. I'm the founder and managing director of RMT Property. Um, so uh, basically, RMT Property was born out of lockdown. Um, once lockdown kicked in, I was in full-time employment. And yeah, kind of got sick of the rat race, kind of realized I need to build an economy for myself and not worry about what's happening around me. I'd been in a role for 12 years at the time, I think. People were talking about redundancies and all this stuff. And fortunately, it never came to that. But it started making me ask the questions of, well, I've done everything that all my family's ever told me to do. Why am I worried about losing my job now? So, yeah, I decided to start educate, start getting myself educated during lockdown because I had nothing else to do. Mm. YouTube, just watching lots of YouTube videos, started listening to podcasts. Um, and, yeah, just... Bought my first buy-to-let during COVID in that first break, that first um, coming out of lockdown, bought my first buy-to-let then. Um, and I guess the second part of that question was why property? I guess the real answer is I don't really know. It was, I've always had a passion for property ever since I was 10, 11, 12, something like that. My uncle yeah. used to renovate, my, my uncle used to renovate properties. Yeah. And to this day, like when I drive past properties that I remember him doing back then, I always think, oh, Uncle Terry did that. Yeah. I don't know why ever since then, maybe it's just stuck with me. I've liked that thought of being able to drive past something 10, 15, 20 years later and know that me or someone in my family had an involvement in it. Yeah, so it's almost like a bit of a legacy for yourself in the future, which is, tends to a lot of people in property, they do for that. And let's let's all be honest here, like the money's a bonus of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I mean, what you can make from it. Yeah, definitely. But in the same breath, obviously, we all know it's not a get rich quick scheme. I mean, you alluded to the fact I took the leap and left my job. I, The reality is I would have earned more money staying in my previous job than I have in the last 12 months. And yeah. that, that's that's the reality that people do need to hear that this last year for me has been an absolute slog. Mm. And it's been challenging at times. And there's been days where I've questioned whether I should go back or not. But mm. I think finding finding why you're doing something and finding the passion of doing something yeah. is far outweighs those stresses in my opinion. Yeah. I think, yeah, like you touched on obviously creating your own economy and it's almost like you could have that fall, fall back into the safety net, the blanket of going back to full time, but you won't be able to create that freedom that you, that you want um, later in life. So obviously, you know, like we all do when we get started out as like an entrepreneur um it's almost like hitting the reset button isn't it 
and what year so you're in what start of year three now technically so obviously 2020 when did you actually quit your job ryan was it 2021 or was it last year last year uh, 2022 yeah 2022, april so, so i've been full-time for about 10 months there you go so in it's it's an absolute speck in in your timeline really isn't it um 2022 if you've, you've done it a very short period of time if you look at any entrepreneur going yeah you're still at the very much the beginning aren't you so but i guess it's you know when you're in the slog of it like you said it's like you have these doubts don't you and the mindset's a quite challenging thing yeah, definitely. And I think that's where, I mean, you'll know with your networking that being part of groups that, that push you on during those challenges are, are invaluable. I mean, without without like the groups we've been in, in the past and sometimes you just turn up for those monthly mastermind sessions and you're just venting. Like, I just need to get it off my chest to tell somebody and that's fine. Being part of that group allows you to be vulnerable, which I think is a massive thing. Yeah, 100%. I think because, yeah, the ones that you and I go to, uh you'd like you're supposed to, it's to say it's supposed to be but you can just talk about what you want but it's accountability like so you bring your deals talk for your issues but i think one of the ones that i was on in with yourself it we all it all turned into sort of like a bit of an agony session didn't it and everyone was just feeling it that one month i think and it was really it was actually turned out to be a really good session didn't it it was like it was a, a lower percentage of actually talking about property it was more about the mindset of stuff which was quite good yeah, definitely. But obviously, we know it's a, the mindset's a key thing. I think the transition into property started with my mind and and trying to flip that mindset and just reading a couple of books and listening to a few podcasts. It it really did flip the switch in my mind and gave me that growth mindset really and what is possible that we've not been taught in school really. Yeah, and I think that is very slowly changing uh, with some of the things that we do get taught in school especially with how what mortgages are how credit cards work how bank the banking system works all that sort of stuff so yeah um it just takes us to learn about it ourselves but um you started now you're you you know you're full-time in, in property which is amazing so first congratulations on that and thank you Talk to us about your most recent sort of uh, <clears throat> development deal, the one that obviously I've been following you following you on um, over the over the course of the past sort of year. Yeah, so I, I think the one you're referring to, I did a, a commercial to residential conversion. Yes, of, um, yep. an old telephone exchange building. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was my first step into kind of development as such. Like I say, it was a commercial to residential. I bought it with planning permission, um, as a class E. Uh, it was a class as a workshop, but it was originally built as the village telephone exchange in the 1930s. Um, so I, I like that history piece as well to it. I mean, it retains the history in the village, which is which is really good. Um, so, yeah, we found the deal on Rightmove. Uh, I just had loads of alerts set up, found it and secured it basically within, I think, about five days of coming online. Um, didn't have any of the finance. So it was that kind of that moment where it's like, right, well, what am I going to do now? I need to fund it, don't I? So was there much negotiation in that? So obviously, when you looked at the deal for the what was the what was the price it was on for, and did it financially stack for the price it was on for? So it was on for ninety five, um, and I secured it for eighty five. Ninety five. I think a Fredo bar is more expensive than that nowadays. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, those were the days, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you just you secured it for what? Sorry, eighty five. Eighty five grand, and was you the was you the most preferred um, 
offer on that? Was there more offers? Was did, did you find out was there anybody else that you were sort of competing with? No, I think because it was um it was it's a village location and it's quite rural and it's mm. the village itself isn't very small. So if I'm honest, I don't think there was much competition at that time. Now, in hindsight, <laughs> maybe there was a reason for that. Maybe I massively undershot my budget. Um yeah, we as with any projects, especially with the first one, and this is kind of some of the days why I, you feel down on yourself because you're not going to make as much money as you thought on that first deal. And just be being open and honest to people that listen to this because I'm sure they want to hear it. That mm. sometimes it doesn't go the way that that you plan on it doing. So yeah, well, yeah. So okay, so you've bought it for for the price, um, which you've you've got it below below the asking price, which is great, and so. Let's go back to, right, you need to fund it now. Talk us through this process. So I had um, I had a pot of money from the sale of my personal property. So when I got um, educated in property, I was in a four-bedroom, semi-detached house by myself. Um, and I, I kind of realized I had six-figure equity in it. And I realized that I only ever go in the living room, the kitchen, the bedroom, and the bathroom. And I was like, why am I sat in this four-bedroom house with this money sat in it when I could actually put it to use? Mm. So uh, I ended up selling it, putting a minimum deposit down on a flat and then using the equity to invest in property. So I had that money there available if I wanted to as a fail-safe, but I really wanted to go down the route of raising private investor finance because I feel like, obviously, my money's limited, private investor finance isn't. Um, so after speaking with our mentors um, at the time, I basically just put it out on social media, put a post out that said, we're looking for investors. Feel free to get in contact if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and my girlfriend, my girlfriend shared it. And one of her friends messaged her and said, is this legit? Um, and she just replied, mm-hmm. said, I hope, I hope so, because it's my boyfriend. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. He, he then reached out. Um, I'm sure if he's listened to this, he won't mind me telling the story, by the way. Yeah. Um, he, he, he reached out. Um, I got him on Zoom and we, yeah, we just had a conversation and I was fortunate enough that he was, he bought into me. I mean, the business was still at its infancy. It was the first time we'd raised private finance. So I was lucky enough that I had that kind of secondary connection with my girlfriend sort of thing. So there was an element of trust there. Um, and I was fortunate enough that he invested. He's basically a, a British citizen working overseas mm-hmm. um had his money in premium bonds i think and um yeah so, premium bonds aren't much cop are they no no um but what what alternative is there unless you're going to go down mm-hmm. kind of a private investor route and if he didn't know about it at the time like our business models then yeah he just had it sat there so i was fortunate enough that he did that we gave him a first charge over the property so Brilliant. it was relatively risk risk free for him Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So that's that's how we funded it. So that was a good challenge. One thing I would say as well, in terms of finding investors, um, afterwards, once it was all secured and we purchased the property, um, my girlfriend said to me, "If you was to ask me, the top ten people on my social media that had money, he would not have been in there." So it just goes to show you, you don't know who is an investor, and mm. just tell everybody what you do and get on social media and build some credibility and you don't you never know who is willing to invest in you yeah absolutely spot on it's like the people who i mean don't get me wrong there is some flashy people on your socials that 
do actually have money, but I'd say a large proportion don't have the money you think they have. And it's the it's your silent ones that never like stuff. They'll never they'll never post anything. Um, you won't even know they exist um, to a degree. They're just there yeah. watching you, and they they're the ones that normally have the funds. Um, so yeah, it's yeah you hit the nail on the head there, and that happens. Yeah. I've heard the story so many times. Yeah, definitely. And he's since invested in a second project with us, with the aim of investing uh, more long term and where he works as well is on like a complex that's full of expats so there's potential investment there through his friends so hopefully there's a great relationship going forward there as well that's phenomenal brilliant so you got the funding you purchased it what what's next for you um getting the uh getting the right the main contractor in place yeah which is a great story in itself um by great i mean lots of lessons yeah um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm not handy at all. My background was kind of in operations, project management. Um, so I'm not handy. When I first told people I was going into property, everyone was like, but you don't know which way to hold a hammer. So what are you going to do? Yeah. So, yeah, I always wanted to go down the route of having a main contractor. Um, so I could then, I knew I wanted to go onto multiple projects at the same time as well. And I knew I couldn't stretch myself too thin on all of them. So I wanted to have a main contractor um, overseeing the projects. So Basically, I I use Checker Trade. I, I had mixed reviews. I didn't. I thought Checker Trade had quite bad reviews, to be honest. In terms mm. of you get you get a few cowboys on there, but I spoke to a few people in our mentorship group, and they said that they found their builders from Checker Trade. So I did. I went out, uh, put it on Checker Trade, got in contact. Our main contractor contacted me, um, and it was all going quite well. We was talking about doing maybe long-term deals together as well, bigger deals, land development and stuff. Mm-hmm. They was really ke- they was really keen on getting into that space. And yeah. I thought I could bring the funding and they could bring the development. So in, in principle, it was all going good. Um, I got them. I did my scope of works, my specification, all of that stuff. Got the um, main contractor director out a couple of times before purchase just to make sure that we was all okay with the budget. The budget was £30,000. It was only a, so it's 41 square metres. Mm. Um, so what's that? That works out at probably about £70 a square foot. So maybe in hindsight, it was a little bit light anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I got him round. He did, went through the budget. He said, yeah, that's all fine. Cool. We completed on the property. The day we completed, we turned up on site with his build team. And his build team said, what about that? What about that? And what about that? That added six grand to the budget straight away, which I was um, really frustrated about. Because if you told me about that 24 hours earlier, I could have tried and chipped it off the asking price. When he was on site. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I'd already completed by this stage. And that was kind of my first um, sign of maybe this main contractor isn't what they're cracked up to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it kind of became clear that they were basically, I don't even know how you'd term this, but they was a company that just subbed in other contractors and didn't really have a, an understanding of the the process themselves. I think they were QSs by trade. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that, that yeah, was a le- Yeah, they didn't have the in-house um, trades, if you like. So they, they were the principal contractor, then they subcontracted everything else. Yeah, yeah. so that was a bit frustrating. Um we ended basically, and then how it ended up is the builder on site was actually really good. Um, mm. But what was happening is 
I'd basically given all of my details, my scope of works and, and everything to this main contractor, but the builder was still phoning me. The tradies were still phoning me saying, what about this? Oh, that's not included in the budget. And I'm basically saying, well, listen, mate, that's not my problem. I pass that over to the main contractor. The main contractor is then supposed to be dealing with it with mm-hmm. you. And if there's if there's a gap there, that isn't that sh- burden yeah. shouldn't fall on me. Yeah. And was this um, all contracted? Was it like you you done a JCT? How was that? How did you sign that off with with the main contractor when it was all agreed? Yeah. So again, this is where learnings from me have come into place. There wasn't a JCT mm-hmm. signed. However, um, I spoke to a QS afterwards and. They basically said I'd entered into an agreement um, verbally by just agreeing to do work together. You're basically tied into a legal agreement. Apparently, um, mm. it was the QS. It was the QS on our on our right. mastermind that, yeah. that said that to us. So, yes. um, yeah. So, yeah. Where was we saying? What was we saying with that then? Yeah, so the guys were um, coming out and adding works and they were saying about payment and you were like, well, it's, you need to go to the main contractor because they were going to you. Yeah, so that was it. So then I was pe- then when an invoice landed on my desk, I paid it to the main contractor and they then are supposed to pay the subbies. Mm. Now the subbies were coming to me saying we haven't been paid and mm. I'm saying, well, I've paid, so that kind of needs sorting with, with your main contractor. Anyway, long story short, we basically broke the agreement with the um, with the main contractor that I think I had to pay uh, £4,000 in overheads and prelims just to get out of that contract. So that's already ten grand on the budget straight away from what was originally mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically used that builder going forward. Now he's my builder, which is, um, which is a silver lining of that story, really, that we now work really well together. So, yeah. The builder, sorry. So the main contractor you broke ties with. Yeah. Where did the build the builder come from? Which so the builder the builder was one of their subbies. Right. Okay. So and then right. Okay. So how did that relationship end um, with the main contract? Obviously, was 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 there any heated discussions, or is it just like look, we need to part ways. This isn't working, and then obviously you went straight to that builder. Yeah, there was there was heated discussions, um, but they were they were amicable discussions. They were they were just two people that was annoyed about losing business or that the business not going well. It was all dealt with as grown ups, really. And that's good. Yeah, it, it it turns out the builder told me a couple of weeks later that apparently that main contractor went bust. So interesting. Mm, yeah, turns out trekker trade isn't all that really. But mind you, they might. It's it's always it, it happens that you, they might have had sixty great projects before yours and then on that one it just didn't turn out great and then went downhill from there you know you don't know these things sometimes yeah i feel like that obviously i take accountability of what went wrong we should have had a a proper contract in place my problem was with this project because it was on the although it is a commercial to residential because it was quite a small project in terms of the grand scheme of commercial to residential conversions Mm. Signing JCT, JCT contracts was scaring a lot of builders off. And yeah, maybe in hindsight, there was a reason that these guys decided to do it and we didn't sign a contract. So I that, take that on yeah. the chin, absolutely. Mm. That's always a sign, isn't it? If, if builders don't want to sign a JCT, that's um, it's not always the case. So, you know, that's probably a bit unfair, but um, <clears throat> the majority of the ones that don't want to sign it. It's always like it's it's a little bit of a red flag. It's like why why not? 
sort of scenario. And if it's if if it's if it's in writing and um, you can both agree to what's in the JCT, then what's the issue? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and I, and I totally agree. And in high, hindsight's the wonderful thing, isn't it? And mm. yeah, that's definitely lessons that I took on the chin with with that. But the I like to be a glass half full. Silver lining is that I feel like I've got a great builder from it. I mean, I had to kiss a few frogs in terms of builders to get to this stage. So, mm. um, yeah, that's definitely the silver lining. Yeah, no, well, at least you got yeah. Looking at the positives, which you know, it's always good good to look at it in that way. Hundred yeah, percent. So. So yeah, you formed a relationship with the new builder, and they finished uh, the job. Yep, they finished the job. Um, did a great job on it. Um, the I guess the next challenge with that project, and again, this is all down to things that I'd never dealt with before. Mm-hmm. So on this project, as we was creating a dwelling, we had to get a ten-year structural warranty. I remember um, this in and, the uh, in our WhatsApp chat. It was bane of your life, wasn't it? It still is. Do you know when uh, we spoke oh. to each other today and I said I'm yeah. a bit stressed? Oh, this joking. is what it's so this it's is it. Still, it's still about this. Oh, yeah. Spill the beans. Uh, so basically, um, I need a insurance backed guarantee for the damp proof work that was done on site. Mm-hmm. Um, so the contractor has given me a guarantee. Um, that's fine. I gave that to, um, and this I, I appreciate that part of this as well is down to my own education, uh, but I feel like the warranty provider hasn't helped i feel like they haven't appreciated that i this is the first time someone's done it so instead of holding their hand through the process they've treated me like a like a big main contractor or a big developer still which i'm a bit frustrated about but um Mm. so yeah they they need a contractor's guarantee an insurance backed contractor's guarantee i received the contractor's guarantee they i sent it to the warranty provider they weren't happy so I spoke to my main contractor, my main con- my builder, sorry, my builder kicked up a fuss about it and was like, I've never had to do one of these in the past, going all diva as some builders do. Um, so eventually, after some kicking and screaming, we uh, he managed to, he did it for me, which was good. So last Friday, I thought I'd secured it. I was like, yes, great, great little win on a Friday that. Um, sent it over to the warranty provider. I was expecting my warranty sign-off. And then they got back to me on Monday saying, this isn't what we're looking for. Uh, please let me, please let me know how you want to proceed and even that email doesn't help me like it's not saying this isn't what we need but this is what we need here's how i'm going to help you it was like right, there you go it's not what we want go and find me what what i do want but a robot would give you a better answer so basically it's a i think this additional warranty this additional guarantee that i've got is um a tug warranty t-u-g mm. um I, i'd never really heard of it before but from what I understand, it's basically covering my contractor. If my contractor goes bust, it's saying that they will step in. Well, as a concept, I thought that's what the insurance-backed guarantee was. It's someone to step in. Yeah. But anyway, it, it doesn't suffice. So I've had my insurance broker on the phone this week asking him if he can deal with it independently without getting my um, main contractor involved. Um, He's not able to, so I've had a... I'm looking at getting separate quotes from a different company now. Instead of using the structural warranty company, I'm going to use a different one um, because they're saying that an insurance fact guarantee isn't needed for a damp-proof um, course, mm. this other warranty provider. So I'm maybe going to have to go down that route and just take a hit on a £1,000 or so and uh, yeah, just get this over the line because without this warranty, um, this structural warranty, it's unmortgageable and obviously that will significantly 
yeah, affect of my value of my property. So, yeah. Oh, what an absolute nightmare! But you know what? Like, as much as this is an absolute nightmare, you'll look back at this in in ten years' time when you're onto like you know bigger and better things. And it's as you said, mate. It's it's a great great learning curve, and we have to go through this shit to to learn don't we we have to um unfortunately um i guess because we could always learn the theory like you know well you need this to do this and this and this but there's so much to learn in property there's like millions of things to learn it's like you'll always like you know we have a mutual friend don't we steve hammond he's been yeah. in the game since 2003 he's still coming across stuff that he's <laughs> never done dealt with before it's so you'll never stop learning you'll never stop coming into challenges so like it's a like you said earlier on the phone it's like it's a ball ache isn't it but great learning curve on on your next one and your next one and your next one yeah definitely and and i think this is where networks key i mean i i remember having a conversation with someone in about october it was around the same time we had that mastermind session mm. it was about october i went for breakfast with someone that was in property and i'd been offered a chance to go back into full-time employment and I'd be lying if I said I didn't consider it mm. because I was like oh, it's a lot easier going back so I went for breakfast with this guy told him and he just laughed and he said don't do it he said you look back in five years time and you'll laugh about this breakfast mm. debating that you was going to go back to work he was like it's absolutely not worth it you're doing it now you're laughing about it now yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's good. This is where the network's key because he said on his first project, he lost money. Fortunately, I'm hopefully not going to do that. Mm. Um, and I've spoke to someone else since who's now doing amazing things in Manchester. And they said they lost money on their first deal. And now they're doing like 32 unit apartment schemes in Stockport. And it, it made me feel so much better knowing that these guys yeah. have gone through the same trials and tribulations mm. that I have. So, yeah. And, just to just on that note, actually, you only fail when you when you quit and you give up. So if you Very lost money, if you lost money on this deal, you haven't failed. You've you just learned, and then on the next yeah. one, you know, if you if you went back to full time after this, then you might consider that a failure. But yeah, you're not definitely. So so that's why I always no think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just the, the good attitude, but. Uh, yeah, wicked. So, so you're just waiting on this warranty thing now with the um, with that with that property. So, are you looking for your next acquisition at the moment? You're just trying to get this one over the line, just like get it get it done, sold, so you can pump that money into your next one. Yeah. So at the moment, we've got um, six projects in total active. Um, that's the only one that's a development as such. Um, I tell a lie. There's there's uh, one where I basically bought two flats in a block of four as well as the freehold and we're applying for planning permission to put an apartment in the loft as well. Mm. Um, but then apart from that, we've got uh, one, two, three, four residential projects going on at the moment. Sorry, I just looked at my board next to me. That's all right. Um, I've got four projects on the go at the moment, um, three in renovation and one should be completed by the end of the month, uh, completing legals at the end of the month. So, yeah, we're really active. I was fortunate enough that um, I've managed to build quite a good, relationships with some investors and, and they're willing to back me um and yeah we're, we're doing some great things we're now looking to secure in q3 we're looking to go on to kind of a multi-unit development so we're looking for something that's maybe three three to ten units something like that yeah brilliant that's the next yeah so it's good that you got stuff ticking over anyway so it's just that 
yeah, it's not just you're relying on that one. So yeah, brilliant. Cool. Um, so let's just go a little bit into uh, the mindset um, of guess sort of where you've been like going. We talked to, uh, at the beginning of the podcast, but like, as you said, how have you got past some of the um, like really challenging times? What has, what has helped you? Have you got any tips for people that um, might not necessarily have gone through these challenges yet, but, and also people that are going through them as well. So what has gotten you, is it the thought of not wanting to let yourself down and go back to full-time job or what is it that helps you get through? Yeah, there's a few things. I mean, one thing is I'm super competitive. Like if any of my family and friends listen to this, they'll, they'll laugh about how competitive I am. Like I don't want to lose at anything. So if I ever did, the thought of going back to full-time employment is a loss for me and I, I couldn't do that. Mm. Like, there's no chance I'll go back to full-time employment. Um, I've absolutely loved this year having the freedom to to do what I want when I want. I did Dubai for a month in January, just as a, firstly as a holiday, but also to speak to some investors out there. Um, I think that one of the key things for me as well is my why. Um, I, I read, I think it was Simon Sinek, start with why. Um, it t- obviously, it tells you if you can hook your why it's much stronger when you hit those tribulations and for me it's family family is a huge thing and my my sister went through some stuff um and it made me think well if that's my daughter one day how do i support her financially and if i yes. can't mm. i'd be devastated so um yeah that that was one of the catalysts that made me go actually when something happened in the family and it made me go, right, I need to go. Because I, although it's not my responsibility as such, it made me think I want to be able to provide yeah, yeah, my yeah. family if, if necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, and I also, I think I spoke to you about this other little quirk I have as well, hmm. where if you, you get that voice in your head, don't you, where when you're getting up in the morning, there's that little voice in your head that goes, just stay in bed. Yeah. Just have another, fi- have another 15 minutes. I get it every day. <laughs> So I have a little quirk where it's going to sound really corny, but I say to myself, that's not an elite mindset. Yeah, I lo- no, I like that. But yeah. And it's just that little, it's, it's the secondary voice in your head that's telling your other voice. I've just got loads of voices in my head. I sound nuts, don't I? But, um... <laughs> no, it's true because the amount of times where expect the winter months are always going to be the most difficult. We live in a country where we're practically, practically winter like 60% of the year. Shit. And we, you know, get up quarter past five um, or half five, depending on what time I went to sleep the night before. And it's like, oh, just it's warm, just stay in bed. And then I actually say to myself, I'm like, fuck you. That's my actual words. And it's quite strong. Yeah. It's like, whoa. It is. Shane. Uh, Shane. I love it. <laughs> it's like, fuck you. Don't listen to it. Because it's literally, <laughs> that's what it is. And then get out of bed, smash my knee on the side of my unit table because I can't <laughs> see. Walk into the, make loads of noise, blind myself, nearly walk into the mirror. You know, it's uh... a, <laughs> but you know, once you're, once 20 minutes has passed and you splash your face, you brush your teeth, you're ready to go then. It's like, it's just that initial mindset. But yeah, I like that. The elite mindset. It's, uh, it's pretty good actually. Yeah. And uh, so in, in, um, in one sentence, what is success to you? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I think 
success will come in stages i think i think i i have little milestones and i think an immediate success will be replacing my previous income because that, that's obviously the key metric of success for me at the moment. Replace your income so you can survive and continue doing the thing you love for the rest of your life. As soon as you've done that, then there's going to be a, ne- a new metric of success. Yeah. Um, this isn't one sentence, by the way. I apologise. No, that's um, <laughs> I think I think long-term success for me will be to be able to provide for me, my family, and ultimately make my family proud. That's good. Good answer. And I like how there wasn't just one definitive thing um, you said about the milestones, which I think that's, yeah, like someone might see successes, but having a certain number of zeros in the bank, but once you've got that, then what, but you've highlighted it to say, well, it's, yeah, there's always going to be the next thing and it's, it does come in steps. So brilliant. Cool. So yeah, as, as you probably have listened to um, my podcast, Ryan, I ask three questions to, um, random questions to my guest and uh, they're, they're supposed to be quick fire answers so if you can quick fire okay okay and uh, yeah we'll start question number one one million your one million in your account now or everything you know now at the age of 18 oh everything i know now at the age of 18 easier because <laughs> i'll make more i'll make more than a million pound in the next 12 years yeah nice. if i had if i had the knowledge now 12 years ago yeah yeah Fair play. Nice. I like that. All right. Pick two of your favorite books now, but one of them you have to erase from your memory. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> my two favorite books ever are Rich Dad, Poor Dad mm. and um, David Goggins. And which one are you erasing from your memory? Oh, I'll erase <laughs> David Goggins. Cool. Is that because the, the the Robert Kiyosaki one's gonna, yeah, get you that get yeah, you that yeah, financial the, goal? Yeah, the, exactly. The Robert Kiyosaki one will has opened my mind to to how I can make money. So yeah, the other one was just made me scared when I was in the gym. <laughs> I love it. Cool. And final question: Brown sauce or red sauce on a fry up? Oh, red sauce, easy. You nutter! I'm a brown sauce guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit gutted. I was expecting the ice cream question, if I'm honest. Yeah, I've asked, I've asked that to quite... All right, go on then. Uh, you know, let's go for a bonus question. What's your favourite ice cream flavour? <laughs> right, so I'm a bit of an ice cream connoisseur, so... Um, ah, that's what you were asking about the question. <laughs> yeah, two, if you was asking me the two the two flavours together, uh, salted on, caramel and honeycomb. Ooh, yes. However, um, I, when I was in Dubai recently, I went to Shake Shack, uh, and they do... Uh, it's called a concrete... If anyone could get hold of one of those, they're unbelievable. Oh man, oh, I've actually bought some ice cream tonight, so I might might nip into that early. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, my Achilles heel. I love it, love it, mate. Honestly, Ryan, it's been a really good episode and um, great insight into your challenges. And thank you so much for being really open and honest. And like, how can people like get in touch with you if they've just want to like chat or if they've got you know, challenges and they just want to reach out? Yeah, so um, I am on a. A few channels i'm on instagram linkedin and, and facebook but i primarily use instagram that'll be the best way to get hold of me so uh, my instagram handle is at rmt property that's romeo mother tango property excellent brilliant yeah ryan thanks for coming on absolute legend okay thank you for having me